Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did Jesus die in the first place? Maybe you're thinking, well, to save us from our sins. It's a good answer. But why? Why would he make it so that in order to save us from our sins, he has to die on a cross? Couldn't an all-powerful God do it another way? Could he not have forgiven us of our sins some other way? Why did he go through all the trouble of dying on a cross? This past Friday, I joined the Turling staff for lunch, and every Friday of Lent, it's been a tradition that the principal would cook a Lenten soup, um, just as a little kind of encouragement and thank you to the staff. And um, it was very good. So they, they invited me over because I'm the chaplain over there now, and um, they invited me over to join them. And turns out the principal is a very good cook. And um, it was like a shrimp bisque kind of thing. It's delicious. So it was a, it was a wonderful little treat. Um, this past Friday. And after the meal was over, I, I went over to him and, um, and I told him thank you. I said, thank you so much. This meal was so good. And um, it was a great treat and you're a great cook and all that. And naturally, you probably would have done the same thing because those who do good to us, we are moved to thank if you've been raised right, we thank those who have done good to us. Well, I want to tell you another story. My mom was, or is, one of 11 children. So my grandmother had 11 kids. Thank God, because my mom was number 11. So um, glad she, she went that extra mile there. And... She, you know, back in the day, many of you might remember this, um, most people didn't have a lot of money. And, uh, and, and the good Cajun grandmas, like my, my grandma was, learned how to stretch a meal. They learned how to make a meal go a long way. And so what she would do, uh, one of her many tricks, is that she would buy a, a chicken, a whole chicken. And she would feed the entire family with just that one chicken. And so... Um, the kids growing up always thought that mom's favorite piece of chicken was the back. You know, that nasty piece that has no meat on it that like nobody eats. You just kind of like throw that away. And the kids used to get excited and say, ooh, that's the back. Let's save that one for mom. Because they thought that that was her favorite piece. Why? Because she always ate the back of the chicken. That was always the part that she got because she gave the rest of the good pieces of the chicken to her children. There was a lot of them and it went a long way. And it wasn't until they were adults that they finally started to realize, oh my goodness, mom was doing this out of love for us. She ate the back and she never complained. She never complained about it. And so much so that the kids thought that she loved it because she never wanted them to realize what was going on. 
But once they got older, they realized. And it's amazing how much, you know, she was an amazing woman, and, um, and, and you know, all of her children loved her. So she's a, a wonderful mother already, as it was. But it's amazing how much more they loved her once they learned about this story, once they discovered the truth of how she made these great sacrifices for them growing up. And this is just one of many, add it to the list, all the sacrifices that she and my grandpa made for, for all the kids. And it's amazing how those who do good to us, we are moved to think, but those who sacrifice for us, we are moved to love. Our hearts are moved to love those who really sacrifice for us. It's different than just doing something that's kind. It's further, it's just, it's more meaningful and, and we just can't help it, but our hearts are just moved to respond in love. And you see, in today's gospel, we hear the story of salvation. Jesus basically sums it all up for us to Nicodemus. And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that he that believes in him might have eternal life. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save it. And you see, God didn't have to send his son. He could have just snapped his fingers and said, I forgive you. He could have just saved us from our sins because he's that powerful. He really could have just done that. And if he would have, we would have just said, thank you. We would have been grateful and we would have been saved and life would have been great. But God wanted more for us. God didn't want to stop there. He wanted us not just to thank him. He wanted us to love him. He wanted to go that extra mile and, and, and to show that he has chosen to freely love us. And he wanted to prove it to us because he knew we wouldn't believe it. And so he proved it by suffering and by dying on that cross and by being persecuted and ridiculed and betrayed and enduring all of these things that he didn't have to do. He could have just forgiven us. But he did it because he wanted us to know that he loves you. And he loves me. And he loves us. And he proved it to us. And in so doing, through sacrifice, our hearts are moved to love him in return. I guess my question for you all this morning is pretty simple. When you think about Jesus, is your heart moved to love him? Or when you think about Jesus, is it just another thought with all the other thoughts? Or is it just kind of like a burden because, you know, all the expectations and rules that come with with the Catholic faith. Or maybe you don't even think about Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're just busy or you've kind of just forgotten. You've kind of just got out of the habit. But if you think about Jesus, what would it be like if your heart was moved to love him when you thought about him? Or better yet, a more challenging question, when you talk about Jesus, are others' hearts moved to love him? Do you talk about him in such a way that, that proves and manifests to others that you 
know the love of God, that you have encountered the love of God, and that you have freely chosen to love him in return? Do you talk about him in such a way that your, your face lights up and you get excited and people just can't help but fall in love with the man that you're talking about, Jesus Christ? Or when you talk about Jesus, is it kind of like one of those awkward conversations or shameful conversations or, or scary conversations? Is it one of those things that you prefer to, to love your reputation more than him? Imagine what it would be like if whenever we talked about Jesus, that we would get excited and that others would come to know just how much God loves them right now today. How, how amazing it would be, how on fire we would be as a parish, if whenever we talked about Jesus, people would all of a sudden just be so moved to love him in return because there was something so irresistible about the way that you spoke about him. But to get there, we have to perhaps revisit what God has done for us. And that's what Lent is all about. That's why we're here today. That's what this season is all about because it's easy to kind of get out of the motions. It's easy to kind of get used to Jesus. But Lent is about re-entering and revisiting and rediscovering what God has done for us, that he sent his only begotten son into this world for you and for me out of love, and his only son suffered and even died, but he did so freely because he wanted us to actually believe it whenever he tells us that he loves us. And so Lent is about rediscovering this reality. And so today as we continue with Mass, maybe that could be our prayer intention and what we really focus on today. Because you see what happens at this altar every single time that the priest celebrates Mass with all of, all of you is that Jesus becomes present, but even more so that we actually become present to Calvary. That we actually kind of revisit and almost, almost re-experience it as if it were the first time happening. That here we are at Calvary in this mysterious, divine, but yet very true way, that whenever the priest elevates the host, there Jesus is, God himself, gazing upon you out of love, proving his love to you. As he elevates the host, it's as if, as if Jesus was being elevated on the cross. And we gaze upon it, freely choosing to love him in return. So that's what we're going to do today, is ask the Lord to help us rediscover what he really has done for us, what he continues to do for us and what he will do for us moving forward. And perhaps our hearts will be moved to freely love him in return. Amen.